ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated and let me uh, just say what a blessing it is to have a faithful children's church ministry team. And Brother Jeff and his team are going to lead this morning and he'll meet you in the lobby if you're up to third grade and would like to worship with your friends. You're more than welcome. Let's give them a good welcome. Will you do that? Amen. Amen. And as they're on the move, I want you to take your Bible and I want you to join me this morning in Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. This is at least a two-week sermon series, maybe three. We'll see what the Lord does. The title of the message is simply The Year of What If. What if. I don't want to live my life and look back at it and constantly ask the question, what if? What if I would have taken that job? What if if I'd have gone to that community? What if I'd have married somebody else? What if we had more than two kids? What if we didn't have any children at all? What if, what if, what if? And folks, I believe that's the question that is kind of locking down many Christians. We're so worried about what's going to happen We have forgotten who's going to take care of us through the what, and that's the Lord God Almighty. Amen? Uh, I want to ask you a question, as we mentioned earlier. If you could change anything in 2021, what would it be? Now, don't look at your spouse. I'm not talking about circumstance. I'm talking about your own life. If you could change something in your life, what would it be? The children of Israel could have just let themselves be locked into the past. And in the past, they would remember being slaves of Egypt. And as they were on the wilderness journey with Moses, sometimes to them, uh, being a slave in Egypt seemed better than the predicament they found themselves in. I mean, they experienced hardship, loss, great difficulty. And now they were following this young leader, Joshua, into the promised land, and they knew that it would be tough. But I'm telling you, they were following a guy that had a vision. And his vision was, God has already given us the land. He had already been there with Caleb. Ten of the spies said, there's no way. We we appear as grasshoppers in there, and compared to the giants, they'll kill us. They'll smash us. And Joshua and Caleb said, it's exactly like God said it was, and he'll give it to us. And now they were following this visionary, and they're into the promised land. They've crossed the Jordan, and just like God said, I'm going to have to give you battle victories. I'll be with you all the way. As a matter of fact, Joshua had to be reminded of the promises of God in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, don't be afraid nor dismayed. The Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. So we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 6. And they're entering Jericho. Now, I think sometimes we think Jericho is this huge city. It wasn't very big at all. 
When you go to the Holy Land and you get to Jericho, there's a sign that says, Welcome to the, the world's oldest city. It wasn't very big at all, but yet it was fortified. And they were prepared. As a matter of fact, they were scared. Who were they scared of? God's people. Why were they scared of God's people? Because they had heard of God's victories along the way. So we pick it up, verse 1, Joshua chapter 6. If you're with me, say amen. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. And none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all of the people that shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. The year of what if. It's easy to look back at the end of of a year like 2021 and, and just think that it's hard to believe some things have happened. Number one, how many church members we've said goodbye to. Turk and Dottie uh, Douglas came in and Turk said, Brother Greg, you know what today is? I said, hmm. He goes, it's our anniversary, our one-year anniversary. And he said, I can't believe it's going that fast. And Dottie said, this has been the longest year of my life. I'm kidding about that. I'm kidding about that. My dad always said that sometimes the days drag, but the years fly by. I'm, I'm starting to buy into that. Anybody else? I'm starting to buy into that. But Joshua, it doesn't talk about him looking back and just saying, I wish I wouldn't have done that or I wish I would have done that. I believe what we find in this passage is that his desire was to live a life without regret. You know, Bailey Smith, uh, I, I think Bailey Smith may have a special place in Dick McKee's heart, if I, if I recall. Maybe a crusade, Dick, uh, at Hera Arena years ago when Bailey was preaching. Was that one of those when God did business with you? Bailey Smith has a sermon entitled, The High Cost of Low Living. And there is a high price tag to pay when you figure you can do it better than God can. I've messed up things so many times in my life. Anybody want to say amen? I didn't set out to do it, but I did it. Either because I didn't pray about it. You know, God's taken a, a bad rap for a lot of things that have happened that have had no prayer behind them at all. Or, or maybe because, uh, maybe it was selfish. But I'm telling you, you don't read this right here in Joshua's life. All he knew was he could trust God because he was always faithful. Joshua had in his heart, he could see what God wanted to do. 
Now, there will always be people in your life that will discourage you because even as a spy, one of the 12 spies, uh, he and Caleb were two of 10 or two of 12. 10 came back and said, we're not doing it. But yet they went forward and they trusted God. Now, I'm going to give you three points this morning that you can write in the margin of your Bible somewhere. Three things that I think will help us uh, live a life without regret. Three things that I, help, I believe will help us answer the question of what if. Because we see it in the life of Israel. We see it in Joshua's leadership as they trust God. Now, verse 1 says, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in, none went out. Now, if you flip back to chapter 2, this will give you an idea of why it was so secure. Um, Rahab the harlot hides spies. And because of her uh, gracious heart, she has promised that if Jericho's destroyed, she'll be protected in her family. Now listen at this. Verse 9. Chapter 2, verse 9. And she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, for when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were of the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Go back to chapter 6. Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. Nobody was coming in. Nobody was coming out. And the Lord says to Joshua, verse 2, See, understand, here it is. Perceive it. I have given Jericho into your hands, its king and the mighty men of valor. Here's the first what if. What if in 2022 we decide to trust God's promise? I mean, we take God at his word. Now, the Bible says in, in verse 2, I have given you Jericho. I've given you a city. It's king. I'm giving you the king. And I'm giving you the army. I'm giving you their strength. I love what Tony Evans says about this passage this story. He says, though the battle has not yet taken place in history, Jericho had already been defeated in eternity. I love that. I mean, it's a picture of David and Goliath in the Old Testament. Amen? He went out there, listen, the mighty underdog, but he wasn't fighting in his own strength. He was fighting in the power of God. It was God who would deliver the victory. So when I trust God with his promise, if I'm like Joshua I'm going to take God at his word that he's going to give us the city, he's going to give us the king, and he's going to give us their strength, their army, their army. And folks, I'm telling you, 
I have a tendency to worry about things that really aren't that important sometimes. Anybody going to say amen? I mean, the kind of worry where you lay in bed and that's what you think about. We had a, we, we, we had a convoy of vans go to Gatlinburg. All I could think about the night they left, oh, God, get everybody there safe. Lord, would you just put a supernatural hedge of protection around them and, and, and help them, take care of them. When I'm sitting at home and there's absolutely not one thing I can do to change flat tire for them. Anybody here today have a tendency to worry about things that lock you down a little bit? Hey, 2021 has been that kind of year for a lot of people. It's been that way for a lot of Christians. I'm not going to live my life in fear of what could happen. Now, I got news for us all. If the Lord Jesus tarries his coming, if the Lord tarries his coming, everybody in this room will die if the Lord chooses to come after he takes you. What are you saying, Brother Greg? If the Lord tarries, I'll die. I'll physically die. But I'm telling you, like Billy Graham, I believe, said, when you look at my cold body, I'll be more alive than I've ever been living this life. I'm not going to spend my life locked down about the what if of the unknown. I'm going to trust God and his promises. And aren't you glad this morning we have the word of God? Aren't you glad that it contains many promises? Let me give you a few. You can, you can jot, just jot these uh, references down if you want to. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I believe these verses merit amen after every one of them. Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust on you. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Amen? Psalm 32.8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Aren't you glad the Lord's eyes are on you today? Psalm 37.23, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I love that. When you jump into the New Testament, Paul knew what it was like to trust the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. You see, when we trust God's promise, here's what we do. We take him at his word. We take him at his word. Now, let me give you two promises and two statements from Scripture that we need to understand when we, when we think about living a life of what if. First of all, we need to understand something that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What if I would have given my life to Christ while I was alive? What if I would have served the Lord while I was living? I want to tell you something, folks. People in heaven are celebrating the presence of God, 
And those that have died without Christ are in a real place called hell. And I can assure you, everyone in hell knows now that there is a real God. That eternity, uh, eternity is real. Make a decision. Do it before it's too late. And when I trust the promises of God and recognize I'm a sinner, I can also trust the promise of God, Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while I was a sinner, Christ died for us. So I want you to think about the worst thing you've ever done in your life. I think about the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Jesus died for it. I want you to think about the best thing you've ever done in your life. It would never be good enough for you to get to heaven. So the good news is, when I trust the promises of God, I'm a sinner. Oh, no. But Jesus died on the cross for me because of my sin. Amen. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if I'm going to live a, a life that doesn't constantly say and ask the question, what if? I've got to be willing to trust the promises of God. Number two, look at verses 6 through 9, chapter 6. The Bible says, And Joshua the son of Nun called the priest and said to them, Take the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city. And let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. And so it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. Verse 9. And the armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets and the rear guard came up after the ark while the priest continued blowing the trumpets. I love this picture when I think about living a life that doesn't continually ask the question, what if? You ready for it? Not am I just going to trust the promises of God, what if we, I, just get available for God to use? I mean, what if I just rearrange a few things in 2022 that gives God a little more freedom to use me? You know, it's really funny. A lot of times people look at preachers and they'll say, uh, we, hey, we didn't call you because we know you're busy. Everybody's busy. Amen? Every now and then, Renee and I just sit together and look at each other at the house and say, boy, they must really think we're busy. Hey, everybody's busy. You've got to make a conscious choice of what you're going to do. Here's what I love about the picture of this march into Jericho. Everybody's included. I mean, you've, you've got the priest, you've got the Ark of the Covenant representing the presence of God, you've got the army in front and the army in the back, the people are being obedient, the people are listening to the orders, everyone is included. Everyone's included. Folks, let me tell you something. What if the people of God, listen, got serious about our relationship with God? What do you mean? What if the people of God, you and me, decided in 2020, 2022, today, decide today, that I'm not leaving this place unless I've asked God to cleanse me of any sin in my life. I mean, I'm leaving in a few minutes. 
clean before a holy God? What if God's people decided to get right with him? I'm telling you, God could do some things we can't imagine. God could do something in a split second that we couldn't manufacture in our entire lives. And the good news is he wants to include all of us. I'm grateful that salvation isn't just something for somebody. The Bible says, whosoever believeth in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What if God's people said, okay, I'm in. Count me in. I want to be part of it. Now, if you've watched any football over the past week, You've heard this, this term. The term is opted out. And in essence, here's what's happening in a lot of these college sports, especially football, especially now during bowl season. A lot of the superstars, a lot of the All-Americans who were good all year have decided they're not going to play in the bowl game because it may affect how they're drafted. For instance, maybe somebody gets hurt. Now, I can understand that a little bit. But listen to me. These guys did not reach their status on their own. They played with a team all season. Are you with me? I'm grateful Marcia doesn't say this to me. Every October, November, we start thinking about a Christmas Eve service. I'm glad Marcia's never done this to me. You're on your own. I'm, I'm out. I opt out. Why, why are you opting out? because it may prohibit me from leading music on the Sunday after the 24th. Now, I get it a little bit, but during the Ohio State game, it really hit me. One of their stars named Chris Olave, I like him. I've always liked him. He's a great player. He, he opted out with Garrett Wilson, two All-American receivers. And Chris Olave was at the Rose Bowl last night, and I'm thinking, goodness, if you're going to go, Play. And he sat back on the back of the bench with his receiving team, and he looked like a good sport during the game and because they kept talking about all these guys who had opted out. And I'm starting to think, listen, instead of talking about those that have opted out, how about concentrating on the ones that are playing the game? And oh, they did. A receiver named Jackson Smith in Jigba, 345 yards receiving. Guess what those receivers watched? They watched a guy just elevate himself maybe more, more needful than them. We opt out sometimes, do we not? I'll give you a few ways we do. Oh, oh they're having a prayer meeting tonight? I'm out. A business meeting? Eh, I'm out. Bible study, Sunday school, I don't need Sunday school, that's for kids. I'm out. You know what, if that's the case, what God needs to do is make us all kids again. I remember when I got saved, got a new Bible, uh, and it was a gift, it was an NIV. Oh. And I took it to my preacher and I said, what do you think? He said, I think this is a great Bible for you to use for study, I think you'll love it. Drew was little. He was like one year old, that brand new Bible. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than the smell of a new Bible and a new car. And I remember having that Bible. I was so proud of it, genuine leather. 
And Renee goes, no, no. And I ran into the room, and Drew had torn two or three pieces of the Word of God, and he had them in his mouth. He was literally eating the Word of God. But I remember as a young Christian, man, I wanted to read the Bible. And I wanted to be in church. And I wanted to sing those songs. You know some of those songs that Marcia picked this morning? We sang when we were kids, did we not? I am resolved no longer to linger. Why can't we just answer the question this morning, what if, what if I just become available for God to use? Now, Jericho wasn't a large city. Tony Evans suggests that it may have taken him 30 minutes to walk around. Can you imagine the people? Can you imagine the people in the convoy, in, in the uh, caravan of, of, of bodies? There had to be somebody in the group talking like this. This is a stupid plan. And if you look at the story, the people are instructed not to say a word. Don't you make a peep until you get the command. Oh, you know they're in the group. Let me, let me use somebody in left field. Okay. Clint, lovely. I've known you for a long time. This is the stupidest thing we've ever done in our life. Imagine the seventh day on the sixth lap. I don't know why we're doing it six times today. Nothing happened in the first uh, few days. It ain't going to happen now. And then the order comes. The horns are blown. The shout takes place and the walls come tumbling down. Listen to me. The walls in Jericho were not walls like are in this building. This building has, you ready for this, Tim? Metal studs because it's a commercial building. That don't mean anything. It just means it's not as good as wood. Well, take that one, Tim. How do you like that? No, it means it was more economical and everything involved. The walls of Jericho were thick walls. Walls like you could maybe park a car on. Not that they had cars, but you know what I mean. And the interesting thing is that the walls came down because people said, okay, Lord, I'm available for you to use. And it doesn't matter if I'm a priest or a leader. And it doesn't matter if I'm in the army in the front or back. We'll be obedient. And this brings us to number three. We'll be obedient to God's plan. To God's plan. What was the plan? Seven priests carrying seven ram's horns. The trumpets will blow continually. They'll march around one time a day for six days, and on the seventh day, do it seven times. It's interesting, the number seven in Scripture. For instance, God created the world in six days. On the seventh, he rested. Seven churches in Revelation, the churches of Asia Minor, represent all the churches. The seven seals are opened. The seven trumpets sound. Seven bowls of judgment are poured out. And what's the, what's the picture? That the completion of God's work has taken place. Pete Maravich was 23 when he was uh, drafted by the Hawks, but it was also the number of, of Lou Hudson. Some of you remember that name. 
So he gave up number 23, the number that he wore in college, for number 44, because he averaged 43 and 44 points a game in college. And then all of a sudden, he changed his number to seven late in his career. And Pete Maravich became a Christian five years before he passed away at the age of 40. And he said, it's because the number seven just kept showing up to me in my life and in my faith. The number of completion. God's plan had to be followed, and it had to be followed completely. Amen? I praise him for his promises. I praise him that he counts us worthy of participating in all this, that he counts us worthy to be available. And I praise him for his plan. Because the plan of God for your life in 2022 is way better than what you could come up with. He said, well, Brother Greg, I've got, I've got big plans. Uh, years ago, we went to a high school graduation, and on the back of the graduation bulletin, it, had, it listed every student, like some bulletins do. And then, beside every student, it had where they were going to go to college. Now, listen to me. I don't believe 150 seniors in high school know the answers, every one of them, to what they want to do in life. I, th I felt like there was some pressure from somebody because you, want to, you know it, then, then automatically you, you have to know it. No, hey, everybody takes their own route in life. Everybody takes their own journey. Uh, if you don't believe that, get married and have some kids and start running around with people who have kids and all of a sudden, you'll start comparing your life with their life. You say, well, Brother Greg, I, I, that happened to me. Let's go a little further. Uh, have, a, have a work career and then retire, and then you'll start comparing your life to somebody who's retired to somebody else. You'll start comparing and comparing and comparing. Remember last week, there's an audience of one that matters. Man, alive, we try to impress each other. I, I, this morning, uh, when I got up, I, the last thing I do is have Renee look at me. And I usually say something like this, what do you think? Isn't that, that's awful to even say. What do you even think? What do I want her to say? You are a hunk. No, I just want her to say that, okay, your tie's straight. It's not sticking out your collar. You match, hopefully. And, and I'm seeking her approval. Why? Because if, I, if she approves, I think you will. That's, that's where we get it wrong when it comes to our spirit life. Sometimes we think if we get approval from each other, then God will. It don't work that way. It works from the top down. And in 2022, folks, I'm not going to be held captive by the fear that the media just keeps pouring on us. I'm not doing it. Life is too short. I'm going to try to make good decisions. I'm going to try to be healthier. I'm going to, I'm going to try to exercise. I'm going to try to be healthier. But I'm not going to be captive to just what somebody's feeding into me. Listen, the Word of God is the promise of God. If I make myself available to it, He will reveal His plan for my life and your life. That's good news. So I close with this. Sometimes God's plan seems impossible. Sometimes God's plan seems unconventional. And this certainly is. But make sure you understand something. The walls didn't come down because the horns blasted and the people shouted. The walls came down because of the power of God. Because of the power of God. 
The trumpets didn't cause the walls to fall. God did. And that's the story I see as Joshua begins now to take the children of Israel into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. So what we, what's our part? To be obedient to his plan. I want you to close your Bible. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. What if, you ready? What if everybody in this building made a decision this morning? Everybody watching this service makes a decision. What if we make a decision right now that we're going to give God any sin in our life? 